0: Hey guys, if you have your Bibles, I want us to run back real quickly to Ephesians chapter number five that's where we left off and we've been dealing with the spirit of generosity and what that actually means for us as a body of believers. You know, God, our father created the heavens and the earth. God, our father uh, uh, loved us so much that he gave his very best. Now, if the scripture tells us, which I know it does, if you read the book of Genesis, it says God created mankind in his image and in his likeness. So if God created us in his image and his likeness and God is a generous father, amen, then we if we take on the similitude and the likeness of our father, wouldn't it be just uh, just like the way God wanted if we're generous also? Is that correct? How many of y'all have been told, you just like your daddy? <laughs> Anybody in the house? Are yeah. oh, you just like your mama? And, and guys, let me tell you something. Whether we care to admit it or not, good and bad. We, we, you can't stay in the house with somebody 18, 19, and 20 years and it not rub off on you. Some good and some, some stuff not so good. Amen? What we do is look back and find the good stuff and the bad stuff and say, okay, bad stuff, you got to stay there. I ain't bringing you far into the future, but I'm going to glean those things that, 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 are, that are God-honoring, and I'm going to produce that in my own life. So if God the Father is a generous father, in which we know he is because John 3.16 tells us he is, then wouldn't it be just, is it, is it any stretch of the imagination to think that we are, we are made in his image and likeness? We should also carry the spirit of generosity. And I told you, spiritual generosity is more than just about monetary resources because the churches in Macedonia were very poor but the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says they they abounded in rich generosity. So generosity is not based on how much money you have. You can be be at the lower end of the economic scale and still be generous. Because it's an attitude, it's a mindset. So Ephesians chapter number 5 we're going to go to verse number 15. And as we started this series, the thing I told you was, is that in order to accept any word from the Lord, any passage, your heart has to be conditioned. In the parable of the sower, when Jesus gave that parable, he said that the seed fell on different types of ground. And when you come, whenever you go to a church service and, or Bible study that word that is preached won't benefit you if your heart is not conditioned. The, the three types of soil that, 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 that uh, Jesus talked about uh, did not benefit and not produce the fruit. But the, the fourth one he talked about was the good ground, the seed, the, the heart that is conditioned. So how, you, how your heart is is going to determine what you do with this message on the spirit of generosity. Because some people, when they hear me say this, they go again, oh, Lord, there's the preacher talking about money again. But if you listen to me long enough, you know, this goes far beyond financial resources. This is talking about the condition of your heart and what you've allowed God to do in your heart. Amen. So Paul here, as he writes here in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And if you will, let's get there to verse number 15 where we left off, I believe. Uh, Verse number 15. It says this. So be careful. How you what? Everybody say, how you living? Don't live like what? Fools, but like those who are what? Wise. Now, I I don't have time to to go back and exegete everything that happened before here, but I'll I'll summarize it for you. Paul was talking to this church at at Ephesus, and he's talking about some of the things that, 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 that they should not get involved in. Because as a believer... Our lifestyle or how we represent our Savior matters. It matters. So how you're living matters. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Now, look look at this next verse. It says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Flip to the KJV in this very same passage, because I love the way the KJV says, verse number 16. Verse number 16, it says, this says, redeeming the time now, I, because the days are evil." Now, to redeem something means what? To buy back. How many of y'all remember uh, back in the old days when department stores like Sears and Kmart had something they called layaway? Yes. Anybody remember layaway? Yes. You didn't even have to have a credit card, but you can go get what you want from the store and put it on layaway. Now, they would take that off the rack place it in a room and wait for you to come back and redeem your layaway. In order to redeem it, you have to bring some money. Is that right? So to redeem means to buy back. Redeeming the time. I gave you an assignment uh, on last week, and I told you to, to, to look at your life and make a concerted effort to value your time for the week. One assignment I gave you was, was to get to church on time. I need to see the hands of those who were here before 10 o'clock. All right. How many of y'all were driving up at 10? When you're driving up at 10, you're still late. Can I get a witness? So to redeem the time means to make the most of every opportunity. What Paul is saying is we're we're, we're we're living in, in, in some evil days. And it's critically important for the people of God to live in such a way where we represent our God well. Now, as as we talk about redeeming the time, we don't. Uh, one of the things that, that I want you to understand is is that all of us have the same amount of time allotted to us. Uh, I was getting ready to show a video, uh, but I, I'll, I'll share it to you next week about a, a, a family that was that was having to balance all of the 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 uh the time constraints that goes along with being a married couple with four kids an 18 year old 15 year old a 12 year old and a four year old and in this day and age that we live in now what i'm discovering is people aren't redeeming the time they're not valuing time enough to to put and what they end up doing is they end up scheduling god out of their day and out of their week because all of the activities that are going on, the kids are involved in this and this, and you got business uh, uh, commitments that you have to make. And so we have to learn how to redeem the time to make the most of every opportunity. So what I told you on last week is, let's stop wasting time just surfing social media. I did not say social media was evil, but it can be a, a, a large time waster. And if the truth be told, most of you on there just not, not, you're not posting stuff for the Lord. Most of you on there being nosy to see what everybody else is doing. Can I get one Christian who will say, Pastor, that's me. Okay, you ain't got to say it too loud. I know I'm right about it. But we, what God is saying is, I need to get you to redeem the time because my coming back to my church is sooner now than it's ever been before. And I need you to, to watch how you live. Go back to that 15 uh, uh, verse one right quick. Watch this. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, as we talked about the spirit of generosity and we talked about how it relates to stewardship, we said that we got to be Uh, The concept of stewardship is found repeatedly throughout scripture and the areas of stewardship include our time. Guys, make no mistake about it. God knows when we're wasting time. God knows when we choose to spend time doing other stuff rather than spending time engaging with him and his purposeful God honoring plan for our life. All right. God knows he watches. He knows everything. Now, you can try to fool me. You can try to fool your family members and others, but God knows. And so we have to learn how to redeem the time, make the most of every opportunity in living in such a way to where we are witnesses for Christ, ambassadors for Christ here on earth. So, so the second area uh, that, 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 that the concept of stewardship is, is, is repeatedly found in the scripture is uh, uh, stewardship as it relates to our spouse. Go with me to Proverbs 19 chapter right quick. As it relates to, how many of y'all are married? Okay, great, great, great. How many of y'all want to be married? Okay, glory be to God. How many of y'all say, I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul, my gift is singleness? So, okay, all right. All right. You may not have the gift of singleness, okay, that's, that's okay. But while you are single, enjoy life. As a matter of fact, Paul said this. Paul said, I wish that you all were like I am not married, because now you can give yourself more freely to the Lord. Do y'all realize that? When when, when you're single, you can pour all your energy into serving God. You don't have to worry about somebody getting mad at you for staying at the church too late. Am I right about it? If you decide to go on a mission trip, you ain't got to check with nobody. You said, I'm going. But when you are part of a family, you do have obligations that you have to take care. Of. So it, it, it is a fact that if you're single, you can give more time to the Lord, right? All right. So, but, but watch this. Go to Proverbs, the 19th chapter. So listen to what he says here. Start at verse number 13. I, I want to share this with you because Satan is shooting all of his fiery darts toward the home. It started even in the Garden of Eden, guys. Because God uses the family unit to give a tangible picture of how Christ connects with his church. And I'll show you that uh, in in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, a little bit further down, that he uses the marital relationship to show us how Jesus connects to the church. And anything that God uses, Satan seeks to abuse. Anything that God is using, Satan seeks to, to, uh, to, to mess it up and to, to, and to make it be false or fake. Are y'all with me today? So, Proverbs 19, verse number 13. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. A foolish child is a calamity to a father. Can y'all read that with me? Everybody say, a foolish child is a calamity... To a father. Now look at this next point. A quarrelsome wife. What is a quarrelsome wife? A wife who loves to argue. I didn't make it up. It's right there in the text. Is as annoying as a constant dripping. Didn't make it up. It's right there in the text. Y'all, y'all not reading this with me. I, I, I need y'all to, this is father's day. So fathers in the house, I need y'all to read strong today if you ain't scared, okay? (laughs) A foolish child is a calamity to a father. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant drip. Have you ever been sitting in bed and had a leaky faucet and hear it go drip, 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 all night long drip, drip? Isn't that annoying? (laughs) The Bible says that's the same way a quarrelsome wife is. Keep reading because again, What am I talking about? Stewardship over our spouse. Husbands, we we, we need to, to, to honor our spouse, our wives. I said husbands. I said Tyrone Stewart. You better honor Veronica Stewart back there. Fathers, watch this, watch this. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. Let's read again. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. Brothers, you better start praying for an understanding wife. (laughs) Keep reading. Keep reading. I I, I started to stop here, but I'm going to move it a little further. Lazy people sleep soundly. But idleness leaves them hungry. When you're lazy, you ain't gonna eat. Next verse, come on, let's go. Here we go. Keep the commandments and keep your life. Despising them leads to death. Let's go. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He will repay you. Anytime we serve and we we, we bless those who are less fortunate, it's just like lending to the Lord. And baby, my God repays His debts. Can I get a witness? Some of y'all may not repay them. I'm an ex-banker, and I had, I had one or two clients that didn't repay, but, 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 but God repays. Can we keep going? Next verse says this. Discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you'll ruin their lives. Why am I going over these? Because the enemy is after the family. First of all, he's trying to attack the definition of what a family is. You know, our culture has redefined what marriage is, but God was never confused and he's never, he's, he's never out of, out of touch. God has already designed for a man to be with a woman and to produce children. That's the only way it can happen unless you go to some kind of, you know, you know, artificial insemination. But in, in a natural order thing, it has to be a man. So God's definition of marriage has never changed. Society and cultures change, but God never changed. So the enemy will do whatever he can to destroy the family. Oh, y'all, listen to me today. Now, we have a, a, a worshiping with us today uh, some of the descendants of uh, Maggie Mae Curry, I believe that's correct, right? In which, in which my mother in law, Sister Margaret Kirk, with a 90 year old good looking self sitting over there, uh, is one of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, give it up for her. I got to say, she looks good at 91. Looks better than some folk I know who I graduated high school with. They 59. I'm like. Yeah. You ever run into some folks, you like. You go look in the mirror and say, do I look like that? She looks good, doesn't she? Now, now, listen. Listen to me carefully. We know that every family has some level of dysfunctionality, okay? So you can sit there and look like like we got it all together, but nobody has it all together because we're sinful men. And, and, And for some of us to have come through some of the things that we came through to be where we are today, it's nothing but the grace of God. Hello? So you ought to thank him for being where you are today. But make no mistake about it. The enemy is after the family because God uses the family to advance his kingdom principle. God created the family before he did the church. So, so watch this. Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you'll do what? You're going to ruin their lives. For all the parents who, who, who refuse to discipline, tell well, you know, I'm not going to do like my mom did. And maybe you, you shouldn't do like your mom or your dad did because something, something your mom and dad did may not have been kosher. Somebody went overboard, but but you better do something. The Bible says foolishness. Is, now let, let me say this: The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from I'm not talking about child abuse. I'm talking about physical, corporate punishment that, that's needed on occasion. It's not for every child, but for you to say that's 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 unbiblical when the Bible says it's, it is biblical. Then what I'm saying is, God, you don't know what you're talking about, because I'm I'm wiser. I got an education. I I'm, I know more than you, God. I'm telling you, the Bible says a a child left to himself will bring his mother to open shame. Why? Because the enemy is after the family. Discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you'll ruin their lives. Verse number 19, let's go. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you're going to have to do it again. Listen to what he says. And some of y'all out there are hot-tempered can't control your anger, and if somebody rescues you once, they're going to end up doing it again. All right? I said it before, and i will said it again. If you're in a relationship, single lady, with a, or a, husband, a married lady, with a man who's angry and is beating on you, leave. You heard me. There ain't no spiritual boldness and stand there and let him whip you upside your head. That was never God's design. Physical abuse happens within Christian homes. I'm talking to the church now. I'm talking to the church, and we got to make sure until that person can get counseling and shows that he is redeemed and he goes through a process, you stay where you are. You can love him on the other side of town. I can't believe some of the advice that some some denominations have given women to go back into an abusive relationship uh, and, and some end up getting uh, losing their lives because somebody misinterpreted what Scripture says. See, when you start doing that kind of stuff, you've already left the vows. You, you, th- that person has left the vows because a husband should love and uh, th- their wife, like Christ, loved the church. Am I right about it? Let's read. Next two verses. Let's go, guys. He says get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life please 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 don't ever put yourself in a position where you can't be told something new amen, amen? study to show yourself proof and study means be consistent it don't really mean study like this it means be consistent in the things of god so you can rightly divide the word of truth okay so you can make many plans but the Lord's purpose will prevail now go skip let's go to Ephesians the fifth chapter and look at verse number 30 Right quick. So I'm, I'm, I want to share with you why it is that the enemy shoots for the family. Why he seeks to destroy the family unit. Why he doesn't want the husband, wife, and the children to be together. Okay? And if, if they are together, he wants it to be dysfunctional because God uses the family to illustrate how he relates, how Christ relates to the church. Amen? Since the relationship between Christ and the church, it's beautifully pictured in a godly marriage. Satan is coming after that thing. So look at Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse number 30 with me right quick. Let's go there, it right quick. If we can pop it up, guys. Please. It says, and we are members of his body. Next verse, 31 says this. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and to his wife and the two are united into one. Okay, then he says the two become one flesh. Verse number 32 says this. Let's go. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are what? So what's a great mystery? You got to ask questions of the text. If I read this, I'm gonna say, it says this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Well, let's skip back up to verse number 21, if you will, right quick. Are y'all still with me today? See, we're talking about the spirit of prosperity. And as it relates to our spouses, husbands and wives, we should, we should, uh, exercise great care and stewardship over the one who we're in connectivity with, who we're married to, who we're in covenant relationship with. Uh, you know, one of the things that Mariah and I have done, uh, well over 25 years is we, we've invested time, money, energy and resources in, in marital relationship because we know that strong marriages make strong families. Strong families make strong churches, strong churches make strong communities, strong communities make strong states, strong states make strong nations. And that's why the enemy is after the family, because that's what that's the root of it. It's starting the Garden of Eden. OK, he wants to bust it up. Can I put it that way? He wants to take God's plan and and, and, and and slice it in half and put uh, husband and wife against one another. And look what the text says. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Next verse, let's go. Verse 22. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. All right? For a a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of his body. What? The church. Now, all this is happening before we get down to verse number 30 and 31, okay? Watch this. Uh, Next verse says what? As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband and everything. guy's... For, for the longest, people have taken the word submission as a bad thing, but really, what it means is I'm going to yield to the leadership of the one who God connected with me with. I'm going to yield to the one who God connected me with. It does not mean that a woman is ever to be subservient or slave. It does not mean that whatever I say, go, me Tarzan, you Jane. Come, woman. The Bible says this to husbands it says, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. So that means that there's something that I have to learn about my spouse. That in my natural inclination, I just don't know. Can I get one amen out of you brothers? Some stuff I just don't know. I have to, I had to, and I still am learning. Because with with a man, you tell him something, you show him something, he locked into that. But with a wife, she'll change. Not necessarily for, the, for 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 the detriment. She just changes, but the husband will be still locked into what you told him ten years ago. You told him ten years ago, this is what I want. But now she's she's evolved a little bit, and now she wants something different. And we still focus on what she said ten years ago. So we got to dwell with her. Am I am I, am I the only one to here? Huh? A, a, a man can't necessarily understand in the natural order when he asks his wife, when he knows. How many of y'all husbands know your wife to the point to where when she has a certain look on her face, she don't have to say a word, but you know something's not right? You walk in the house and you can feel. <laughs> Am I helping somebody here? The tension in the room. And then what we can't understand is when we say, What's wrong, baby? You say, absolutely. That still boggles my mind. She'll say nothing when there is something wrong, but what I've learned to do, if I say I learned, say pastor has learned, I learned not to push the issue. Because the woman I'm married to, I don't know about yours, barney but the woman, I, they sisters, they kind of got some likeness going on with them. I kind of observed that. But what I've learned to do is, is wait till she's ready to talk. Cause I used to push it. Come on, I know something is not right. Come on, you got to tell me right now. We got to discuss this on the spot. But what I learned was is that in in proper time, when she's ready to talk, she'll talk. So I just go on about my business. I don't I don't get, I don't sweat it, Kenny. I don't I don't. I'm not sitting there wondering what's wrong. With she, it's, when she get ready to tell me, she'll tell. And she she can't hold it for too long. It's gonna come out. But guys. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to dwell with them according to not. So text it at the church to Mr. Christ. So your wives should submit to your husband in everything. Next verse. It's called for husbands. This means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Guys, fathers, our love for our spouse is on the same level that Christ's love is for the church sacrificial love, love that that, that loves you even when you act unlovable. Because most of us, if we're really honest about it, and and I I pray that you will evaluate your own self, most of us love conditionally. Oh, I got one. Thank you, Stafford. I got most of us love conditionally. If you act the way I want you to act, if you do what I want you to do, then my love just exudes. But if you don't do what I expect you to do, if you don't act the way I want you to act, then I withdraw my love. Oh, I thank God that my father in heaven doesn't do me like that. Oh, I, I thank God that, that, that when, he, when he saved me with my messed up self, huh? when he pulled me out of the murky, Maury clay of sin, placed me on a solid rock, say I thank God that he doesn't love me conditionally. Because am, am I the only Christian here who's messed up since you've been saved? <laughs> have done something that you shouldn't have done? Not proud of it, huh? But, 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 but we, we fall, we've fallen along the way. But God still loves us. And he says, husband, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. Next verse, let's go, guys. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Next verse, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she would be holy and without fault. Next verse, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Let's keep going, guys. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. He says and we are members of his body. Now, he said all that to get down to this, and what I want you to focus in on, and this is why the enemy is after and attacking families. And we are members of his body. Next verse says what? As the scripture says, the man leaves his father and mother and joins his wife, and the two are united into one. Next verse says what? This is a great mission. What's the great mission? The leaving and cleaving, becoming one, and, and how they relate to one another. This is a great mission, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are what? One. See, the husband-wife relationship is an illustration of Jesus and his church. The church is what? The bride of Christ. can I get a witness. So, so, so as we look at this, we said, we said that uh, uh, Satan shoots at the home because he knows if he does that, he can disrupt God's plan for his church. I need you to be, listen to this real carefully, be constantly aware that 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 in the home, the enemy is coming after your peace. The enemy is coming after your joy. And he'll use it any way he can. He'll use the children to do it as well as your spouse. The parent child relationship is equally despised because God is, is, is because of God's great love for his son and Christ's great submission to the will of his father. So as a result, Satan will stop at nothing to destroy a home. He'll, he'll, he'll destroy it through your children. Now there's nothing like a parent who's trying to, to do what's best for their children and your children are ungrateful. How many of y'all children have been ungrateful before? All right. Them little rascals have been ungrateful. Come on. They may be good. Listen, I thank God I thank God for my children. Like I told you, uh, all three of them are blessing. They, they work with us in ministry. But, but they're some sinful little creatures too. <laughs> but I mean, they, they are fallible. And there are times when they can be ungrateful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, where, where's Junior, Junior somewhere? My son. Uh, think, yeah, He's up there working sound today. Uh, I'm proud of that young man. He's getting ready to graduate from the Louisiana Tech University <laughs> with his degree in professional aviation. Super proud of him. Uh, did, a, did a yeoman's job and getting to that point, but he can be ungrateful sometimes. <laughs> Hello? He can be ungrateful. Y'all, look, y'all looking at me like my children are the only one that can be ungrateful. <laughs> and as you rear children we have to understand that they're they sinful they, 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 they can fall away from God and they can expect things because you've always provided things for them when you don't really have to do that so teach your children how to be grateful for whatever the Lord blesses you to bless them with but they can be that way sometimes so but 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 we got to constantly be aware that, that foolishness and strife will destroy a home. Protect your children and your spouse. Look, look with me, if you will, back at uh, Proverbs 19 and 13. I got to move. We got to move on down here. My time is quickly running. Proverbs 19 and 13. Y'all still with me? Everybody say the spirit of generosity shows up in how we steward the things of our life. Remember we talked about last week? One of the greatest stewards that's ever been written about in the, in the Bible is Joseph, sold into slavery, uh, was working in Potiphar's house. Everything he did, prospered. Potiphar recognized the Lord was with him. And then the devil gets in and starts to disrupt that peace. But God ultimately moved him up to be second in charge of all of Egypt. And because he was... With Joseph at all times. And guys, I want to tell you that that when the Lord is with us, when he's walking with you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I don't know why you spend so much time wondering about who don't like you and who don't want you to succeed. Or who hating. why Why are you talking about haters? Walk with God. Do what God told you to do. And forget that stuff. Because whether you do good or do bad, people are going to talk. So let them talk about how the Lord is blessing you. How the Lord is making a way for you. How God is showing you favor in your life. How he's elevating you, amen, in in, in kingdom agenda principles. And you're, you're going about doing the work of ministry. Stop worrying about what people are saying about you. Unless what they're saying about you is some sinful stuff that you've been doing. Back up! I I heard that go over somebody's head. If somebody is talking, let it not be because you're in sin. And I can show you scripture after scripture that talks about this. When you're being talked about, let it be because you are advancing kingdom principle. That you're showing the love of Christ, which the enemy hates for you to show, so he's going to come after you because he don't want you to be real with people and show the love of God to them. Okay? Y'all with me? Now watch this, watch this. A foolish child is a calamity to a father. So, children, hear me carefully. I, I, yo, how many of y'all are still in your home with your parents right now? Let me see your hands. Children. Uh, how many of y'all are young adults, but you still lean on parents? Do we have any young adults in the house? Okay. How many of y'all are past 30 and still have to kind of pitch off a of mom and dad a little bit? You don't have to raise your hand. I know it happens. <laughs> right? Don't... Don't, don't give your parents heartache. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, it's, it, you know, the Bible even says that when you do that, you end up putting yourself in a position to where your life may be cut short. Are y'all with me? It's, it, it, the scripture says, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obey your parents, it's the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you live a long life. Obey your parents, that it may be well with you, and you may live a long life. Obey your parents, assuming they tell you to do what's right according to the word of God. It's better to obey God than man, right? But obey your parents, so it may be well with you, and you live a long life. I am convinced that there are some young adults who are struggling now because they didn't heed the wisdom Of a God-honoring, a God-fearing parent, mother and father, who were trying to tell them the right way to go, but they chose to go their own way. Okay? I don't know about you, but I've learned that the word of God is true and faithful. I've learned that God is better than anything that the world could offer me. I've learned that my God loves me in spite of me. So I'm going to honor him all the days of my life. You know, so Solomon is writing this. He says, A foolish child is a calamity to a father. Calamity means it's just just something that's not good, okay? And a quarrelsome wife is as knowing as a constant tripping. He says some other things, too. Uh, I want you to turn with me uh, to, if you will, go to Proverbs uh, 17, chapter, verse number 25. So if we're going to carry a spirit of generosity as we relate to our spouse and by, by, as a byproduct of that relating to our children, there's some things that we got to keep in mind. Proverbs 17 verse number 25. Because the, the admonition in Proverbs about a foolish child is directed at both the parents and the child. The parents part is to lovingly correct and train their children. It's, I, man, I can't stand it when you have parents who won't take the time or, or, or show the love to, to, to train their children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. The reality is that sometimes we have some bad kids yeah. in the church. That's the reality. Can we be honest about it? When you see little Johnny hold his hand back and hitting his mama and kicking her, Now, I know some of y'all are like, oh, no, 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 but it happens. Take the time to lovingly train up your children in the things of God. Teach them how to behave. It does not come natural. Sin comes natural, but doing what's right has to be trained and taught. If you leave that child to themselves, they're going to go after sin because that's their natural bent. So, so so, the parents, is, is, is to lovingly correct, and the, and the child's part is to love and honor the, both the, the, the Lord and their parents so they can live a righteous life. But watch what he says. here: Foolish children bring grief to their father. His on Father's Day. Foolish children bring grief to their father and bitterness to the one who gave them birth. Foolish children. Foolish children bring grief to their father and bitterness to the one who gave them birth. Go over to Proverbs 21 and 9. If, I'm gonna, if, I'm, if we're going to operate with a spirit of generosity in our home so that we can be uh, a, a tangible picture to the world of how Christ connects to the church, there's some things that we got to learn and we got to do. Quit doing life based off of what you saw somebody else do. Do it based off of what the Word of God teaches you to do. That's why it's, it's, it's so important, I think, to, to study about family life in the Bible. It's important to, to go to marriage retreats and marriage fellowship to learn how to, to treat your spouse. Okay, some, some of you grew up old school, and, and, and so you, you take the old school mentality, and sometimes, I, I'm going to tell you about me. I grew up in this church, and I never heard one sermon, I mean, that I can remember growing up about marriage, not one. You, you grew, churches didn't talk about the stuff that need to be talked about. Never heard one sermon about uh, uh, about. Uh, uh, biblical sexuality and and what that means. God created sex, but how does that, how does does sex uh, uh, interface with our lives? I never heard, all I heard was don't do it. And we need to talk about what the word of God says about sexual immorality. Stop covering it and teach about it. So that you'll know how to keep yourself and you'll know how to treat the one who you're married to. So they could be sweet all over the house. Including the bedroom. But you don't know nothing because you hadn't studied anything. Somebody somebody need to turn the Song of Solomon and listen to Song of Solomon rap. We won't do it today because Song of Solomon's almost But really, it's, 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 it's actually a personification of the love that God has for the church. And He uses that to show us how, how much God loves us. It's like a man loves and desires a woman. How many of you men in here love and desire not a woman, but your wife? I said, How many men in here love and desire your wife? My hand is ready. I said, men, how many of you love and desire your wife to have conversation with her, to commune with her, to, to, to know what's going on on the inside of her, to, to hear her share her feelings and thoughts rather than you sitting there with the remote control? <laughs> you know what I learned? Everybody say, he learned. He learned. Everybody say, he didn't always know. I say, thank God he learned. God. I learned, <laughs> Alya that there are certain times of the day that my wife wants to talk to me and share what's going on on the inside of her. And I, I think I share this testimony with y'all. I used to try, when, I, when it's time to go to work, I would get up and get out of there and go to work. But what I discerned, teaching was my wife, your sister, amen, loves to talk in the morning. Can I, y'all ain't, are y'all not used to this kind of preaching? Now, I can holler at you if you want me to, but I'm trying to teach you something, okay? I had to learn that, that when she wants to talk, I need to stop and listen. Are y'all with me today? Because I used to get up and get out of there because it's time to go to work. And, and even when, when I'm doing my walking, it's my meditation time now. I tell my wife I get meditation. But there are sometimes when she talks to me about by the time she leaves the house and gets to work and put her makeup on, all that, it's an hour and a half. but I've learned how to listen. I'm getting better at it too. Now, now okay, oh, all right, now, let, let, let me, let me, t- can I, can I drop something on you right quick? Because see, the enemy is trying to destroy families. And here's what happens a lot of times. Here's how affairs happen. And let me, let me say something. Men are not the only one having affairs. Because they're having it with Somebody. And it ain't always a single woman. (sighs) There he goes. (laughs) But let me tell you how it starts. See, we we got some men, some fathers, who don't take time to listen to your spouse. But Joe at work listens. Joe at work laughs at every one of her jokes. Joe at work brings her coffee. And he listens attentively. Want to know. Well, tell me how you how that make you feel when when when, when she, he did that or she did. That. How, so what are you what are you going through? Tell, tell me a little bit about what's going on. So now she's sitting there getting emotional fulfillment from somebody who's not her husband, oh, because all you do is grunt. Is it, is it time to eat? When the game coming on? No, you didn't do that when you were trying to get her. <laughs> a zip. You didn't do that when you were trying to get him? Right. Hmm? Come he comes there and hugged you. Kick it off me. <laughs> well, you didn't do that. So what happens is, emotional before a physical affair ever takes place, usually an emotional affair takes place. Yeah. Well, there's an emotional connection. Can I teach you all today? There's an emotional connection that takes place, and now because you stopped learning and stopped studying and stopped dwelling with her according to knowledge, you didn't notice she wanted to talk. So, 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 you know, you just you just kept on doing your thing. Now, I'm, I'm just you you can be uh, you can be a Holy Ghost filled tongue talking Bible preaching Bible believing Christian, and you can fall. Haven't we learned that it happens? Have you, read, have you been reading the headlines? It happens all the time. So what I'm trying to tell you is the devil is after the family and he'll use whatever mechanism he can to drive a wedge between husband and wife, parent and child. And so we better be on guard. Amen? I'm tired of reading about this stuff. I'm tired of Counseling through some of this stuff, I'm gonna I help anybody, but I just want to see us get on point and, and 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 learn how to love the way God loves. He loves us unconditionally, right? So, so, so the moral of that was is I learned even greater to listen to my spouse. And when she interrupted my my motivation time, that my revelation time while I'm walking, I listen because I know that's important to her. Hello. Jeff, it's important to her. It's important to her that a husband will listen to her. Yeah, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. You got that big house in the suburbs. But he, Solomon said it's better to live alone in the corner of the attic, not just the attic. Get over in the corner. Get over in the corner in the attic because you got a quarrelsome wife because you, you had not been listening to them and now so she's she just out there. Can I give you one more? I'm going to give you two more. Proverbs 21 and 19. We talked about last week redeeming the time, being more intentional with how we manage our time, how we give time to the Lord how we learn how to get places on time. Some of y'all, that's going to be the death knell of you because you only get nowhere on time. Learn how to get somewhere on time. You're going to miss your blessing because you were late. Yeah. They were handing out $10,000 a piece, but you were late. You didn't get your $10,000 because you're late all the time. Watch this. It's better to live alone in the desert where it's hot ain't no water than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. I didn't make it up. That's what the Bible says. So Richard, in the attic, Jerry, in the desert, (laughs) did they live alone, (laughs) than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. 2715, just for good measure. Just so I can drive home my point. Spiritual generosity needs to flow in our time management, and how we relate to our spouse. A, here it is, a some wife. Here it is again. is as annoying as a constant dripping on a raining day. What is Solomon after? What, what he's saying is, is that, that, that each one of us have to give an account for how we live our life. And each one of us can make family life better when we learn how to do life God's way. Everybody say God's way. There is a way to do life. And you don't learn it, amen, uh, through Facebook and Twitter. You learn it through the word of God. And my question, you, when was the last time you, you consulted the word of God about how you handle your finances? When was the last time you consulted the word of God about how you relate to your spouse? When was the last time you consulted the word of God as it relates to how you relate to your children? Were they in home with you now or whether or not they grown? Because I'm convinced that there are some parents now who are enabling their adult children. And their adult children won't grow up because mom and daddy won't get out of the way. And God is saying, step back, give them to me, turn them over to me, and I will deal with them. But every time I bring a consequence, you step in and stop the consequence. So they can't learn the lesson because you're in the way. And you keep wondering why that forty-five and fifty and sixty-year-old still depending on you because you're in the way. Yeah. Move out the way. I like that. Move out the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 keep in mind, I got, I got, I got, I got to, I got to help you, and, and my time is about out. An understanding wife is more valuable than property, than riches, honor. She's a gift from God. Y'all notice from Proverbs 18 and 22. Let's go there right quick. Proverbs 18 and 22. So on this Father's Day, this, this, this message may not be a Father's Day message. And I, I, I hope it helps some fathers, and some mothers, and some children. Because how we do life, redeeming the time, Paul said it in Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. Okay? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How we live life in our family unit will dictate and determine how God can use the family unit to bless the church. Okay? So if husband and wife come to church all mad and frustrated because home life is bad, then it's going to impact how you serve. I don't care what you say. I can't preach right when things aren't right with, with Mary and the Keetra's Kirk Adams and myself. I don't know about anybody else, I can't fake it that good. So when we were in that little old building over there, I remember one time, uh, the last time I we came to church and we were upset with each other before we got there, I called her back to the study and said, listen, baby, I can't go out here and do this with us being not on one accord. I said, I'm asking you to forgive me for my part in the situation Um, and I pray that you will. And she forgave me and I forgave her for her part. And I walked out there with a clear conscience because too many of us are trying to do life and we won't get our home life right. you all up in the church trying to serve the Lord but your home tore from the floor. And God says, your first ministry is at home. Get yourself right with your spouse. Learn how to, to rear your children and, and get on one accord in the things of God. And then you prepare yourself to be able to serve in the house of God. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Let's go to the KJV. I love what the way the KJV reads in this one. Proverbs 22 and 18. Glory, not 18 and 22. Whosoever findeth a wife... Findeth what? A good thing. And obtaineth what? Favor of the Lord. How are you managing and how generous are you in your relationship to your spouse, your wife, in particular fathers? But, But let's flip this thing. Spouses, wives, how generous are you towards your husband? I got about 24 seconds. I'm going to stab you down, like, ladies. <laughs> How many of you are honoring your husband, reverence him, and respecting his leadership of your home? Or do you have to take over all of uh, everything? Now, listen to me. I, I'm one who believes uh, that 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 that, a, that a, uh, a wife is a helper that's suitable for a husband. So we talk about partnership together. But you have to be careful because sometimes... Uh, uh, ladies, in our, in, 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 in our zeal, in your zeal, to be helpful, uh, you won't allow your husband to leave. Can I use the term shack bully? Do you know what a shack bully is? I'm controlling this thing. And listen, I, I love you because that's, some of that's your gifting. You got to get to the administration. And and, and God knows as a husband, I've learned, listen, I I love my wife because she she compliments me. And I couldn't do what I'm doing in ministry without her support. I'm just telling, can I talk to you like a common everyday man, which I am? And so we work in partnership together. She understands uh, the role uh, of the husband. So she supports me. And there are times when we, when we, when we, we disagree and uh, we disagree to disagree, right? But I love the support I get because it makes me strong. It, there are things that I don't have to worry about that she takes care of for me. Kenny, there are things that Sherry takes care of for you, you don't have to worry about. And others in here can, can, can know and understand that when you have a spouse who's supportive, In in your work of ministry and in your role as a father and as a husband, it it is a joy to have that. Amen. Amen. So, as I close, who shall find the wife, find a good thing, and obtain it favor of the Lord. Now, understanding wife is more valuable again than any money that you can have. And she's like that virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. So I want to encourage you. As we look at the spirit of generosity, be, be generous towards your spouse because God connected you together. Be generous. The spirit of generosity should flow in your home. Amen? Should flow in your home. And we'll pick up on being stewardship of our property, our spiritual gifts, God's truth, which is the word of God, and our own bodies in the next couple of weeks, okay? Thank you for your patience. I thank God for you, and I thank God for him being a loving, giving father who gave his very best for us. Father who loved us. Every head bowed by clothes.